0: Hey there, Friday Night Movie family. This is a very special South by Southwest edition of the podcast. We will be in Austin on the ground at the Wonder House, which is being put on by the amazing folks at the University of Arizona. It's taking place at Cafe Blue, downtown Austin, March 11th through 14th. We'll be there every day from about noon to five, recording the show with amazing filmmakers and actors and creators. But as usual, we also invite audience members to come up and be on the show. And we'll definitely have some amazing swag to give away. So make sure to follow us at Friday Night Movie on all of the socials and come and see us at the Wonder House in Austin. Welcome to an episode of the Friday Night Movie podcast that is from a galaxy far, far away. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's far away at all, because with us we have, as part of our special South by Southwest coverage, Jeremy Kuhn and Steve Kozak, the directors of A Disturbance in the Force, the documentary that tells the history of the famous, infamous, I don't even know how to describe it, especially after seeing this film, Star Wars. Holiday special. Jeremy and Steve, welcome to the family. Nope. Oh, thanks okay. for having us.
1: Thanks for having us. Uh,
0: so you told a, a story. I feel like okay, there are stories that are passed down through myth, and then at some point, someone writes down the story. Right. At some point, someone wrote the Bible. Someone wrote down Hansel. I and want Grell. to be very
2: clear. We are comparing this to the Bible. Yes. <laughs> that is what Shai is saying.
0: I'm saying oh.
2: it's accurate.
0: Wow. Uh, how how did you all corner the the spot to, to be the ones to tell this story? What what did you have to go through to say, okay, we're gonna finally put this story that's been in message boards and interviews and in and in pockets of the internet, lore. and just but lore. we are gonna tell this story.
3: I mean, I think the best gateway is so Steve's dad was Bob Hope's agent. So he knew all the, I am not know if Steve can take it from here, but the, uh, I mean, that, I think that's kind of the secret sauce, the gateway to it, where that's something that I, I would have a hard time tracking some of these people down, but he knew a lot of these people that actually made it.
1: Yeah. Wow. you know, I, It's funny because I mean, I was a fan, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan like everyone else. Uh, but I just never, I, I didn't have this like obsession to tell the story. I just started looking into it one day and I started to realize how many people I knew from the special that because it was in the world of TV variety and I had grown up, my dad produced those actual Bob Hope specials. um, And he'll have to atone for that. There's (laughs) that.
0: Well, I, I think one of the most powerful and amazing things that you do with the film is right away you situate it in its actual proper context, which I feel like no one ever.
2: No one ever does that. It's in the context of everyone was making specials about everything with every, like that was the cool thing to do was to make a special. So it wasn't, it wasn't strange. It wasn't out of nowhere to make a Star Wars special because it was the most popular film doing the most popular thing on TV. No one say, talks about that. I will
1: say what 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 was so exciting about working with Jeremy was that I had talked to a couple of people about it that were experts in you know production side of it, and he was like the first one that acknowledged that he didn't want to make it just a like a, an hour and a half version of of a internet thing where they just say how stupid it is and how dumb right it is. right, and, and he really was interested in this year and a half period after Star Wars came out this uncomfortable thing where they just didn't know what to do with it and were saying yes to things maybe that they should have said no to
0: and, and, uh, and, and, and well, you, I love a lot that of context. love
4: yeah sorry, and, sorry go ahead. And
0: I was gonna say and a lot of that I feel like that's such an important lesson just for the world today I think people are always often looking back at the lens of the history with today's knowledge and Saying you should have done this and you should have done that. And I thought you did a beautiful job of putting us in George Lucas's shoes. And I and I feel like the world has gone so far from being empathetic to George Lucas. I walked away from this extremely empathetic to George. Um, Jeremy and Steve, how did you get into the mindset of George?
3: Uh so that was by accident. Jeremy, you
1: should
3: take yeah, <laughs> so. I initially was part of the the group where it's like, screw Lucas, it's so dumb. Why is this like, why is he not own this? And then at the end of this, I was like, like you said, I felt very empathetic for him. Where oh. I'm like, this is just a small footnote of like something he's trying to do. And like, he doesn't want to go away. He's just more like, pay attention to what else I've done. This is such a small footnote. <laughs> and it's also like, he's created the biggest film that's ever been made to that point. And he's like in his thirties and he's just trying to like figure out Keep how going. the how best way yeah. to monetize it and make the next one. Yeah. But yeah, that's great to hear that you empathize with them because mm-hmm. that's exactly how I, we felt, at least how I felt making it. And,
4: and the love comes through in the documentary. Yeah. There are moments where you appreciate people who are so knowledgeable being like, this is so stupid or how did this happen? Yeah. Because there are some ridiculous moments. But the love of of overall Star Wars and the love of anything Star Wars in the end is you know, so important to the fans that well, even the ridiculous doesn't I, I of think it.
2: where where it the love really comes through is the people who were not involved in the making of this at all, Kevin Smith, Paul shear Seth Green, you Green. know, you have the who are commenting on it and giving their fan opinion and the little bit of bits of information. The your selection of those folks, um is really where you feel that shared love because you know they care about it as much as as we do. So great job there. Some people were kids.
4: (laughs) Also, some people were kids, right? When this eventually got to yeah. them. And so I loved hearing from the people in the film who saw it as kids. And we're like, why wouldn't a kid like this? Yeah. Well, <laughs> this
3: I think every, I think everyone has their own entry point to it. Like I didn't see it until 2002. So I was like in my so, 20s when I saw it. I was born the so, year after it came out. <laughs> so,
2: so I'm wondering uh, of those wonderful interviews, those new voices that you brought in, what, I mean, a lot of stuff had to have been left on the cutting room floor that we didn't get to see. And I was watching it wondering what, like, what else did they say? What were the, were, were there any other great moments that you had to, that like didn't make the final cut because of time or context or where the story went? Yeah. Any great bits you can share?
3: So Kevin Smith is gold. Everything he says, I think is great. <laughs> he had a whole thing that I thought was great where, so Kevin Smith was like six, I think like he, like, maybe he was like eight or nine. He was like old, but not that old. Right. But in his mind, he uh associated, you either saw a film or it was the news, and news was what TV <laughs> looked like. So when he saw Star Wars, it confused him because it looked like the news. Amazing. <laughs> and he didn't know why it looked like the news. uh So I love that. It was just that it couldn't, it was hard to find a way to put that in somewhere. Right. But stuff like that is just great. Uh,
1: so one so no, of the. Can I say? Oh, I, yeah, I, go ahead, Steve. And I think, and, uh, and, and and Jeremy, who edited, uh, was challenged with these brilliant comedians we had. And I mean, I have to say, it was really disappointing, hard to keep enough of Gilbert Gottfried in. Oh, he was so funny. Just so over the top. I mean, there, you know, there was just so much unairable stuff that he aired. That, he, <laughs> yeah. that I mean, I was in, in fact, Jeremy, I've never even asked you this. There's there's my laugh track is so visible. So here it's it's messing up the interview. I know, because I, I can't stop. I'm in pain because he's so over the top. Uh that was kind of disappointing. I, I wish I could have used more of him, but he just uh, you know, he's just he's that personality. He just was a little too just a little too grating to have too much of him in there.
0: And and, and rest in peace. We we yeah. unfortunately can't get him back for another interview. But actually, you know, he's not someone I immediately associate with Star Wars. What was the entry point of Gilbert Gottfried? Like Kevin Smith, Paul Sheer, Seth Green, Weird Al? Those are all in the film. I think Star Wars. What was Gilbert Godfrey's um, connection?
1: Well, Gilbert Godfrey yeah. had an amazing. And if you guys are fans of uh, uh, te- old television, uh, he had this amazing. Uh, podcast it was something called like gilbert gottfried's colossal podcast and he used to do an hour he interviewed bruce valanche who was one of the oh like, yeah for an hour you know 30 minutes of it was probably about the special about the brady bunch variety hour about the Pauline halloween special i mean the guy cornered the market in the worst television <laughs> ever <laughs> uh but he oh, that to me he was um he was a great i remember he would just made sense cuz i he knew so much about the special i mean that. he was a huge fan he liked to diss it a lot so we didn't want to put in too much of it but um yeah right. that that, that's that, a, that you should look that, up some of his stuff on youtube uh, talking about the special or just anything it's just he would do like an hour interviewing uh, Larry Storch, you know, just all these kind of people just sitting around doing nothing right now. So
0: <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Um, another thing that I love oh. about this film is that it showcases talents and celebrates the talents of Art Carney of B. Arthur. I felt like there's a mini love letter to B. Arthur in the oh. and, and Harvey Corman tucked inside this film about the film. And as someone who grew up with B Arthur on television, but my kids don't really know who b Arthur is i i I love that element. What led you to was that something you knew going in, or was that something you discovered as you talked to people?
3: The love of B Arthur or yeah the, oh,
1: no, the love of, I
0: mean, I feel like the movie celebrates B Arthur. like yeah, it's I mean a like... star. <laughs>
3: Right, who doesn't doesn't like B. Arthur? I mean, I grew up like I assume like we're roughly the same age with like Golden Girls, yeah, absolutely. Golden Girls as a kid. Uh, I
1: I think what he means is, don't you think? I mean, I just think that she's the best part of the special. (laughs) I I
2: mean, so you always knew you were going to highlight so, so, so like, that's what I'm saying.
0: People usually, when they talk about the special, they go, What was B. Arthur doing in this? Whereas I walk away from this film, this movie saying be Arthur of is she was a professional. <laughs> She's at the top of her game. She was hilarious. She did the dance. She insisted on doing the dance and song. Like, like I walk well, away I think being that's like, a great what point a legend.
4: Because because I feel like with you, from out of context, you think that maybe these people were forced into it or it was some sort of, they were blackmailed and they had to be in it. <laughs> but when it's put in its context, it, it starts to make a lot more sense how you know, the celebrities at the time made it into this supposedly amazing thing that was going to be on TV.
3: Well, I mean, think so about the time. It's like a day at... I mean, I think B. Arthur was on set a day and right. uh, her son was a huge Star Wars fan and the budget was a million dollars, which was insane for the time period. So like all <laughs> signs pointed to like who would not want to be in this. Exactly, like, yeah. exactly.
1: She's also legitimately... I mean, someone asked me. Name one thing that's good about the special. I'm not a huge fan of the cartoon, like everyone raves about the cartoon. I honestly think that that cantina scene is is really good, and I think that song is quite overly uh, sar- uh, saccharine used, and and just a great moment of the time. I think she. I think I think it was great that that one that one scene. I won't move on any.
4: You <laughs> Have you guys seen the whole thing?
3: Oh yeah. I mean, I still I mean the uh, whole holiday special yeah yeah I mean, the night the night yeah, I mean, so I saw it in 2002, made it about 20 30 minutes into it and never finished it. and then when this kind of came <laughs> up, I actually forced myself to sit and watch it on a plane. <laughs> and I mean, I still find it very I mean I've probably watched it six times in the course of making this movie beginning to end. Wow just to see what other clips make sure we didn't miss or pull stuff out of that we could Mm -hmm. basically repurpose. Right. But it's not... Watch our movie instead of the the holiday
4: special. I think <laughs> I mean absolutely get a lot yes. out of it what,
3: from
2: the
4: movie. Yes, was exactly. it? Did
2: dark. you go into making this movie knowing that you could license what you wanted, or, or was this like? I'm just curious, how difficult or easy was it to? Oh, yeah, how do you get, the get access to, to the all and then also the, or is it and fair then use? Uh, like,
4: I'm going to piggyback on that with the the footage of the people who don't like talking about this movie. <laughs> you were able to use their uh, the audio and the video. Of them talking about how um, they don't like talking about it. How did that... Talking, about
1: like, talking about, like, David Acumba. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And Lucas was himself. Like stopped asking <laughs> me and, Harrison was only, and Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford. I think I only have, like... I think I have, like, two sentences from him when I called him up, and he was like, you know, I, I, I think what you're doing is great. I just don't have anything to do with it. i moved on, <laughs> <No>. you know. <laughs> so
2: great. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, you know, legal... Attorneys, everything's kind of a case-by-case basis. I mm-hmm. mean, I've been in licensing for, you know, over 20, 20 years, and everything's kind of a case-by-case basis. You know, we basically have a really good, or any any other production would have a good fair use mm-hmm. to basically use some of this material as long as they commented on it appropriately. We, uh trem- you know, really spent a, a good deal in covering every clip we used, um, with a lot of commentary, a lot of discussion. Um, we were very conservative about the amount. There's not a ton of footage in the in the, uh, in the special, unused I mean, from the special in the documentary. And there's two reasons. One is we, want, we didn't want to use a lot for purposes of it's not our footage. The other thing was, it's just awful. You know, there's just a limit of how much of that you can really watch. <laughs> So, well, apparently the... back
2: in the day, they thought people could watch nine plus minutes. <laughs> no, nine plus minutes of just oh. Wookiees talking to each other with no subtitles. So like that.
0: so before we get to the Wookiees, because I want to, I do want say wrap, I want to, the Wookiees is kind of our grand finale. One thing I did not remember from the special was the um, erotic VR <laughs> helmet scene with Diane oh, Carroll. I mean, it's very progressive. That was excruciating <laughs> yeah, it.
2: to watch- like, I was so, I, I watched short. this by myself and I was embarrassed <laughs> watching just the excerpt alone. <laughs> I cannot imagine people really watching this with their families.
3: No, yeah, that's something I wish we, like, uh, I mean, I, w- I wish uh, Mitzi Welts was still around because I actually we have a sound by it. Not, not, it was written in an article, but she said that they were just screwing with the sensors, is what she said. And they oh. just want to see I how far that. they could push it. And, that no very one ever pushed back on it.
1: Yeah, it's very <laughs> experimental. And none of the interviews that, that that uh that we did, you know, I mean, I really pressed the director. I mean, you know, how did that happen? How? I mean, we pressed the. Uh, there was a liaison on board from from Lucas, who was at every shot, every shoot through the edit base. No one, no one ever can remember anything about it. It's almost like they just, uh, you know, ah, oh, it was a big, was that that part's a big fog to them. Because yeah. I think it's so bizarre. It's like
3: war. They just blacked it out. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, mean, I,
1: think, I mean, when you think about it, how on earth could you have been a cameraman shooting that and not remember that? I don't care if it's 100 years later. How could you right. not <laughs> get right? a masturbating <laughs> Wookiee? I mean, that's just something you can't <laughs> get that out of your head.
3: I, I would love to have so known Diana Carroll's position because when she shot that, she had no idea it was on the other end of that. Right. Know it was a gosh, so like when they right. cut that together, I would love to know when, you know, she called up her agent and be like, What did you get me into? Or if she had never saw it and never. Or, knew yeah, about I mean it. <laughs> I guess it was on TV
0: and it went away,
3: which is another thing yeah. that was well, utterly which is, disposable. Was,
4: you know, something today, nothing goes away. Nothing ever goes away. Yeah. And, you know, to think about this thing that has so my, I had the privilege of watching this with my mom who was in her 20s when this came out. But she keeps saying to me, I think I missed it because I had like a crazy household oh. or was busy and Shy was not yet born. He was in 79. So she doesn't have that excuse, but she's like, I guess I was working. I don't yeah. know. But when I was like, well, mom, if you missed it, you missed it. And that would have been it. But the the fact that this thing has lasted so long, so that she now at sixty nine years old could have seen it, oh. and she's a huge. She went to see Star Wars when it you know, when it opened and everything. I mean, it was so joyful to watch this with her, um, and 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 just ask all these questions. But it was also excellent to watch it being placed in its time, in the sense that there was we're not we people were not attached to these characters the way we are now. And that it, Star Wars wasn't what it means to us now then. And they had all this, and it wasn't just the special, like the um, the Donny Osmond, which is a show my mom watched, the Donnie oh. Marie show, and all the other things that they did at the time for marketing, um, as if the most faint, like uh, they said people would forget. And how many years have we waited for Avatar?
3: Yeah. Uh- <laughs> and- well, it's funny. It's like the, uh, Kevin brought this up too, but like there, I mean, so Darth Vader, like the best villain ever. I, I, I he told, I totally forgot in like 94, they did a, uh, a Duracell commercial where his lightsaber. Right. It's out, it runs and out of like, battery. Like, I remember why that. was that? Why was not a huge uproar about that back then? I mean, that's totally right. insulting at the time.
4: At the time right. <laughs> that's exactly. So that's funny. a great point.
3: Like,
0: that's a really great point. <laughs> so um, let's, get, let, let's talk Wookiees for a moment. All right. Uh, Brandon. All right. All right. <laughs> So I actually, the Wookiee part is in a weird way is like my favorite part because it feels the most, <laughs> it feels the most Star Wars. There's oh, like a plot, Life Day, getting a view into Chewbacca's family. Well, I also
4: love wow. the research is done about how Life Day permeates our culture yeah. in so many ways. And, and, and when, yeah. when, when as is and Favreau as Luke is, it's not canon. It's canon, right? And he's yeah. like, no. It's not, <laughs> but it's part of our culture.
0: And, and so day. Li- Life Day and the Wookiees, I love that element of the the movie. Also, I mean, you have the empire, you know, I mean, you see, <laughs> you know, people talk about Andor showing the harshness of the empire. You see the empire kind of accosting the Wookiees in their house and interrogating oh. them a little little bit of, you know, you feel the fascism there. So I, I always like the Wookiee part.
1: Actually, now- no, there's. Let me just throw in one. Uh, oh, go for it. One of the writers. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. If it's not in the cut. It might not be in the final cut. One of the writers said that Lucas had told him that the 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 stormtroopers are like Nazis, and stormtroopers are like Nazis, and the Wookies are like the Jews. Well. That's,
0: that, i, I, that's really I mean being jews i think that's yeah, a little bit yeah, what yeah. i identified in that wookiee story that stressed me out about is like here you are you're trying to live your life with your family and you well, have people knocking you know, the door.
3: well i would also think i mean this is what and it's, it's a musical use, variety special post-world war ii it's not that long it's, yeah, not, that. Not, it's not that long yeah <laughs> yeah
0: just cause, just you know, so so I think that's I think that is a oddly insightful thing. So okay, let's get into the Wookies here. Yeah. Now we they talked lumpy and itchy, which is a thing of you know one of the biggest sort of things they talk about is how two of the Wookies names are lumpy and itchy, except that Chewbacca's name is Chewie. His nickname is Chewie. No, so. but his
2: name is Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah,
3: and they him right, Chewie for,
2: but also Chewie as a nickname is is like a nickname that.
3: I although ni- Itchy's a nickname too. He has is some it? longer. Yeah, he has some. Oh. He's actually referenced in the solo script. Uh, it's like so I can't pronounce. Oh, really? it. it starts with an A and it's a big oh. long name. Oh, so Itchy's a nickname. Say,
2: uh, Shai, didn't we have a we had a Zeta Itchymeyer? And I feel like we yeah. could have called him Itchy for short. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Our, our, sure. our 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 one of our Zadies.
2: One of our Zadies was a was <laughs> an Itchy, so, but lumpy. I'm not sure there's an excuse for yeah.
0: Lumpy short for. So, so Jeremy, if you could, if you could pick your own Wookiee nickname, no, what would it be? I, I'm sure you're going to get lots of goofy questions talking about a Star Wars movie about the holiday special. So allow me to ask this one.
3: I'll go with Grumpy. I'll steal a dwarf. Gr-
0: Grumpy, okay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> and, and Steve, how about you?
1: Well, you know, in uh, the original name of the uh, of of can believe I'm me the name of the planet uh Kashik the original name is Ko- is Kazok K A Z Z O K something wow Which is my exact name switching the o and the a so ah. that's my uh, that's my little star wars name that's wow. amazing okay.
0: i love it you see the wookies are telling us so much okay if there is if there is one person Aside from George Lucas, if one cast member, let's put it this way, if there's one cast member you could have sat down with from any of the original Star Wars or the holiday special to do your own in-person interview, who would it be? What would you ask them?
3: I think it would have to be Mark Campbell for me just because he's the one that seems to be the most embracing. Like he tweets about it and seems to have a sense of humor about it. Like I think he'd be the most fun.
0: Yeah, he definitely seems to be the, it, it always, I mean, a lot of things bum me out about The Last Jedi, but killing him off has always bummed me out because of all
3: of the people who used to be in Star Wars. He seems like the one who's into it the most. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, like Harrison Ford would be great, but I, I, I can't imagine that he'd be. You're going to get much that, out of him. Yeah. I mean, talk about Grumpy. I, I, I assume that would sat be
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> down and then he's and he's got to he's got to handle all the questions if he sat down for us yeah and he did. yeah
0: <laughs> how about you steve is there oh, someone you want to sit down with
1: no i would say the same thing i think that uh he, you know his involvement is fascinating you know there's that whole thing about him getting into the car accident and people think his face is kind of weird that was
0: love oh my that gosh that, that was yeah. huge the revelation. my mom's been telling me since my, i was she born was shot that he got into a that he got into a car accident and messed up his face.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I mean, I would have a ton of questions. I I, I agree with Jeremy. That's probably the, he'd be by far the, well, I don't know. I actually think if, if Carrie Fisher were alive, she would have given us probably the best interview because she was wonderfully outspoken at conferences about it.
0: She's so, she was so funny. Oh my goodness. So wonderful. All All right. Before we get out, Adam F. Goldberg, uh, creator of the Goldbergs, uh, uh, one of our favorite humans in pop culture, because uh, we're big Goldbergs fans. He was involved in making the film. What's Adam's connection to the film? And uh, and 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 the Goldbergs piece of this, how did that play into all of this?
1: As Jeremy would know that.
3: Yeah, so I mean, I've known Kyle Newman, who's also a producer on this forever, and Kyle's friends with Adam. And he's like, you should bring Adam on this. We basically wanted kind of like a big dog, like him to come in like he's someone like we got kevin smith because of adam because he's friends with them it's just nice to have someone like that in our corner and he's like fun to work with and it's just like what can i do to help like you couldn't ask for a better partner so like it's it's uh we call him up when we needed favors we're like hey can we get in touch with so-and-so can you help with that and he's like yeah (laughs) i'll find yeah I'll, i'll hop on it Plus, that
4: footage of Murr being like, couldn't they have spent 15 15 more seconds naming the characters?
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Perfection. (laughs) Well, one of the great lessons of this, of your film, Disturbance in the Force premiering at south by southwest um uh do you all have do you want to give like the time and the date and the theater and yeah all we're Mar-
3: march 11th uh austin texas So march 11th eight forty-five, lamar and then we have another screenings on tuesday and wednesday which has advanced tickets so the premiere does advance tickets but if you, you're in austin you can get tickets for 25 bucks uh on the website there or if you go to our website holidays Spe- it's a uh, holiday doc.com uh there's links there
0: well, it's gonna so be exciting. it's gonna be a party, I bet. We
2: I have loved it. We, we hope everybody it. gets everybody's gonna see this. If yeah, it's, we yeah, I can't wait the festival. It's, Don't miss it. It's gonna be such a yeah. scene, and then beyond be so on the fun.
4: festival, I'm excited for everybody in the future to be able to see it.
3: That's great. We want people to have a good time watching it, so that's the whole reason: just light, fun, enjoy. I
4: literally <laughs> videotaped my mom watching it to send to my siblings because of how much fun she was
3: having. Was so are, are, are you the favorite of the three? So that why you got to watch it uh, with her? Uh,
4: no, no, no. <laughs> she just happened to be visiting me right now. No, no, no. Shy's definitely Shai's the favorite. Shy's the favorite.
3: Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. But she I just happened Adam to be visiting Goldberg me. of our family.
4: Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's the schmoopy, but she happened to be visiting me and got the privilege of watching it with me. Or I had the privilege of watching with her. So, well, so we loved it. It's quite
1: an honor mm-hmm. to hear your positive feedback. You know, Jeremy's yeah. been doing oh, things yeah. like this for many years and has had very, very respected films with Napoleon Dynamite and Raiders. Okay. This is not as much of a mind blower as it is probably for me to see just three people raving, raving about a, a film that we did. So thank you very much. It's quite an honor to, to, to oh, see mom. your reaction. Thank you guys. Thank, th- you.
0: thank you both. It was Congratulations, Disturbance in the Force. It's a special film. And I think it's a reminder to everybody, including myself, who gets worked up about <laughs> fandom and Star Wars that, A, everything belongs in its context, and B, there's something to love in in every corner and aspect of this and a new way to look at it. And uh, Jeremy Kuhn, Steve Kozak, beautiful storytellers. Um And uh, we're just so thrilled uh, that we got a chance to talk to you and uh, see the film. Uh, Congratulations. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. You. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with us.
1: right.
3: We'll see you. Bye. Take care.
4: Bye. Thanks.
3: Bye, all. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Friday Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FridayNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you
3: get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.